Hey there ladies and gents. Today's episode is brought to you by Aboven. Aboven are an independent UK-based family-run unisex clothing brand inspired by creativity, lifestyle and community. They create bold and unique clothing for you to take your creativity wherever you are. Now, I personally own some of their products. They're absolutely great. They're currently going under a relaunch for their website. We'll be back open shortly. And please go and check them out in advance. You can see them on Facebook and Instagram. On this episode, I was joined by street rapper, creator, mentor, motivator, and artist, Infidelix. We discuss his music, how he came from Texas to now be based in Berlin, and the clubhouse, a creative space for all that he has created himself. Ladies and gents, this is the Big House Podcast. How are you Good. doing? Are you well? I'm great. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I um, got to chill with a buddy today that I hadn't seen in a long time, and um i feel good today so this is good is on he... the days i feel good i'm happy oh good 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 no because it's weird because i this is this i just watched a bit of your live stream and i just exactly yeah. yeah and i just i just is it is it your buddy still there is his leg i can see yeah yeah i pushed him out of the way, <laughs> I him out of the way though because i'm for us yeah <laughs> that's all right yeah he, he can join in if he wants that's fine yeah. that's fine no. but actually i've seen him in in about four years so Oh, and it wow. turned out he was right down the street from me. So, um, yeah, we reconnected and he came over for the night. So it's good. That's nuts. That's nuts. Yeah. So, yeah. right. Okay. Um, I okay. won't, I won't, I try not to keep you too long. Uh, sure. Um, cause I know you, you must have got stuff to do. You got your buddy there. So I don't want to keep you too long, but we're Netflixing. Um, you're Netflixing. Uh, what, what are you Netflixing at the moment? What is South Park? So- <laughs> Out of all the things out there in the world is South Park. Always go back to South Park. <laughs> okay. Go take to the roots, you know? Well, well, that's kind of where I want to start. I want to start with roots and kind of thinking when thinking to young Brian back in the day, when when did you, you first fall in love with say hip hop or even music? When do you do you remember there was a moment or something there that yeah. sparked it? Well, I've had like a weird relationship with music. Um, I didn't really grow up on rap music or hip hop. I grew up on metal and like um, rock. Um, right. Every groups were Marilyn Manson and White Zombie and. Um, Nine Inch Nails and Tool, like these kind of groups. Yeah. Um, but the relationship I had with that music was that I grew up in a super Christian conservative household okay. and I wasn't allowed to listen to this type of music. So my mom would normally like break my CDs or uh, not allow me to have this type of music in the house. So I remember many times I'd have to pretend that I was taking a shower and be listening to the music that I hid around the house uh, <laughs> while I was pretending to take a shower. And um, so my experience with music was very rebellious, if this makes sense. It was yeah. very, it was very, it, it did something to me because it meant something more to me because I wasn't allowed to have it. And in order to listen to it, I had to go to what I felt like was extreme circumstances to um, get the music. And of course, music is therapy. So it's like, I had to go to extreme circumstances to to heal myself, you know what I mean? And to yeah. listen to 
medicine, you know? And um, so music always played a very rebellious role in my life, um, which um, I guess later turned into street performing and things like that, but it was never with hip hop. It was always with, with rock music. Um, hip hop has always been like my way of expressing myself. Okay. But it's not been exactly what I've liked in a sense. Like I don't really listen to it so much. I still stick to my rock, my rock roots. But um, I think the whole music and rebellion factor has kind of pushed me to kind of do what I do today. It's still a rebellious lifestyle. It's still a, you know, hip hop is still a rebellious lifestyle in a sense of, um, or being an artist is a rebellious lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like so, you, you kind of do, you're doing things your way. That's kind of how it is. 100%. And I think yeah. that all did stem from being a kid and having to, um, you know, go through certain situations to try to, to consume the music that I wanted to. So what was, what was the catalyst? What was it that started you wanting to express yourself and start creating music yourself? I think it started in the form of writing. Okay. Like writing books, writing stories. Um, and then it moved into poetry. And then from poetry, it took on um, music. Um, it was many, many years later. It was in college when I started actually making music. Um, it started as I was doing comedy rap. Like I worked at a telemarketing company. And I remember I wrote, like we had to follow like a certain script, a certain dialogue that we had to say. And I remember putting that dialogue into a rap song getting in a lot of trouble for rapping to the people on the on the phone you know what i mean but like yeah. i was doing my script <laughs> and, I was it. and then it turned into me getting in trouble to me actually making it for the trainees to help learn the script better and from there it circulated all through the company and it just became something really funny so like that was kind of like my first niche into into making music and then i realized hey maybe i got something cool here i can do uh, but music actually came forcefully on me. It wasn't, it wasn't that I wanted to do it. I started booking shows and me and my friend booked uh, D12, which is like Eminem's group. Yeah. And we couldn't, couldn't trust anybody to be the openers. And we paid so much money for the group that we wanted to be the openers. <laughs> so like, I decided to come up with the rap set and because I wanted to open for them. So like we started as show promoters, but realizing how much money this costs to get the band here, I was like, fuck that. I'm making the music too. You know what I mean? Like, that's so, that's a unique way of starting out supporting yeah. someone yeah. who's had such success <laughs> so, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But, you know it, it just came forcefully more like like i mean i think we spent like seven grand on the show and like um, that it's, you know eminem wasn't there it was just the d12 yeah, yeah, but yeah. like um you know it, it that was a lot of a lot of money and like we didn't want to give in a selfish way i didn't want to give that opportunity to anybody else you know what i mean like i spent the money and I wanted to see what it was like to be a rapper and open up for them. So me and my buddy, we just came up with our own, you know, 30 minute set. And we're like, we're playing with these guys, you know what I mean? So. And then you hooked and then you hooked in. And then, and then I felt the feeling of what it's like to be on stage and have people like listen to your music. And I was hooked. Yeah, I was hooked. Did you ever have any like apprehension about like taking that from say where it started off as poetry and then it became you've gone straight from like these sort of raps and stuff yeah, and then moving into that. What, what was that like? Cause that's a huge jump. 
it wasn't the apprehension of wanting to rap. It was like the apprehension of like, will people take me serious? You know what I mean? And like, yeah. will they, is, is this even serious? Is this a valid career path? Or is this like something that I should even be doing? It wasn't, you know, that was the only apprehension. It wasn't like, am I getting on stage and are people going to like respond well? It was like, am I wasting my time or am I not wasting my time? You know what I mean? That was more of it. And um, I, I don't know, like instantly I felt this feeling when I was on stage that made me never want to turn around and look back. Um, and I think like getting compliments and stuff and having people be like, yo, that was really sick or that was dope. Like kind of fueled my fire. You know what I mean? It kind of like pushed me and kept on pushing me. Yeah. Like, yeah, I guess you're apprehensive, like with everything you do, you know what I mean? Or like any kind of self-employment or thing like, is this going to work? Is it not going to work? I guess if it's well, new, if every time it's new, it's kind of like, it's new. It's not, I've not done it before. There's apprehension, but again, if right, you get, 100%. yeah, you know, but, but then at the same time, like if I, if I would have done it for the money or if I would have done it for the fame, I would have quit a long time ago because that didn't come for years, you know? Yeah. So for years I, I, I spent money and then I, I lost money and I, you know, played, I traveled all around the country to play shows for one people, for, for one person, you know? And so yeah, it's yeah. like, um, somewhere along the line, it became a passion, you know, and I don't really know where that became the line, but um, I just, I really liked doing it. I really liked shooting music videos and creating things and making, you know, booking shows and staying in hotel rooms and doing some with my friends, you know what I mean? Like creating things. Just being so con constantly being created. I mean, that's kind of what I've seen from you anyway. It's just constant creation. Doesn't stop. This is what I love to do. I, yeah. you know, as a kid, I, I did musicals and I did theater and I used to put on magic shows and puppet shows and <laughs> all this stuff, you know what I mean? And like, so it's always been just being a creator is what I love to do. I, right now I'm a hip hop artist, but at the end of the day, I'm a creator and that will change in the next 20 years. And that was something yeah. different before, you know? So yeah. you'll, go, you'll go back to puppets in the next 10 years, maybe. I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> So you're originally from Texas, is that right? Texas, yep. Texas, and then you came over to Europe how long ago? I came over to Europe, I believe it was eight years ago now. Wow, okay. Yeah. So you've... Uh, maybe six years, yeah. Yeah, so you, you, you've moved around, you've been, in, you've been in various countries in Europe, you know, doing oh, a man, bit of traveling, I yeah? I did all over the UK, all over um, Europe, and yeah, I've been nonstop traveling... Um, Berlin is now my center, my central home base, but I still travel a lot outside of the city and go to different countries. And uh, yeah, like two years ago, I walked down to Montenegro, which is um, down past Croatia. Yeah. And I came back and yeah, like I love traveling. It was only supposed to be a year. Um, according to my mother, it was only supposed to be a year. <laughs> but that year turned into eight years. And it's because after that year, I wasn't, I wasn't ready to stop, man. I, I, I was far from being done, you know? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the weirdest thing that happened to you while traveling? Miracles, almost. Like, like crazy things, man. Like, when I got to Berlin and we slept, me and this, my buddy Ethan, he's from Ireland, and he's got, like, this big old scar, like, all down his face. So we look kind of like, we look pretty rough. <laughs> and the first, the first night here in the city, we slept in the train station, and then the second night, this man drove up on a bicycle and was like, I'm going out of town for two weeks. You guys can stay in my flat. 
And he pretty much took us to his flat, which was a very nice flat, you know, big TV, big sound system, everything. Gave us his keys, didn't ask us for IDs or nothing and left us there for two weeks. And thankfully we're good people and nothing happened. But like this man just came out of nowhere. And till this day, I've never seen him again. And I don't even know where his flat is. I don't remember this, you know, like where, where he lived. But I remember that we stayed at this guy's house for about 14, 15 days. And it was just like a stranger. Just I would never do this for anybody. Never. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, especially if I, like, if I know you, yeah, but I'm going to have to know you for a while. You know what I mean? And like, this guy didn't know us from nothing and just gave us the keys to his house and left. Um, and almost to where we thought like he, had, it wasn't his house. We were like, we're getting the cops are going to come in here. Anyway. <laughs> um, but like little things like that, man, I was in England and I was about to jump the, the terminal or to, the thing to get on the train. Mm-hmm. and all the all the train uh doors that slide like this malfunctioned they all malfunctioned and it just opened up for me and i went in and then like another time in london i left my passport with some people i just met in their hotel room i had no idea where the hotel was and i lost the people throughout the evening and i was walking through the city and nobody would let me use their phone i had their phone number but nobody was letting me use their telephone in london and I walked past this homeless guy and this homeless guy was like, hey, I was told that because I was wearing a, a pig hat and he was like, I was, uh, I was like an animal hat. And he was like, yeah, I, was, okay. I, I was told that if I saw a guy wearing an animal hat to tell him that this is the hotel, like up there, like <laughs> the up there, this is their room number, they're there waiting for you. And like, it was just so random, you know what I mean? And like, so without that, I would have been screwed. I wouldn't have had my passport or none of my bags or nothing. That's, um, a, that's and- a crazy story. That's that's and, one of the weirdest stories I've ever heard. Man, but this happened so much that it's almost like this is just normal to me now. Um, I want like so many miracles, man, have happened. Like I'm not religious, I'm, I'm not on that vibe, but like the universe has really been. I've really opened my eyes to what the universe has put in front of me, and what it's allowed me to accomplish and to do. I mean, this whole travel experience. There's nights when I have no money. And then right at the very, very end um, of my night, when I'm about to have to sleep outside and it starts raining, somebody comes and gives me like a hundred, hundred pound in my, in my bucket. You know what I mean? And it's yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. what, you know what I mean? And it's just like, where did this come from? What, you know? And like, I was defeated the whole day. I remember this happened in Manchester, you know, and it, it allowed me to get my hotel room for the night. And um, it just started raining and I had, um, no, I take this back. I lied. It was raining the whole day. This is why I didn't make any money. And then I still was not performing. And then right at the end of everything, right when it was just too late to do anything else, my last, my last set, my last person that I interacted with gave me a hundred pound. Was, you know what I mean? And it's just like, it's just like little, yeah, man, it's little things like that, that really pushes, that pushed me to the next day, that pushed me to the next day. And this is probably why still eight years later, I'm still doing this. You know what I mean? Like, Gives you some faith, some faith in humanity, at least, doesn't it? That you've got, you know, you you have a bad time, bad time. It's like the good and the bad; they have to weigh up. Man, I don't. I I hope they don't have to weigh out because I have a lot of good times, but maybe that's also (laughs) a lot of bad times, you know. But um, faith in humanity, faith in myself, and what I'm doing. I feel like when things like this happen, it's just letting me know that I'm on the right path. Yeah, no, no, that's that's good to hear. But and this why I haven't stopped. Yeah, yeah, no, okay. So with so you you go around Europe, 
Um, when did the street performance start? The street performing started um, when I went broke. <coughs> um, I was backpacking Europe and my original plan was to sell my CDs to people. Uh, but I started in Spain where they don't speak English. And I realized that this is a lot more difficult than it sounds to go up into people's bubbles and into families and be like, buy my CD. Yeah. They say, they say I don't speak English. And then I didn't know what to do after that, you know? <laughs> uh, the thought of being able to do this before I left was a lot stronger than when I actually started doing it. I realized that I just didn't have the courage uh, to go up to people and interrupt their their bubble, you know? Right, okay. And, um, um, so about three or four months into my trip, I went completely broke. And I was in Amsterdam and I asked some street performers if I could use their equipment. And they said, yes. And from there, um, it was game on. Like the first week I was really bad at it, but it still put a little bit of money in my pocket. Mm -hmm. you know, enough to get a sandwich and Amsterdam is expensive. So it was like, huh. You know, but then about a week later, I, I had it nailed and I was making money and I saved up enough. In about two weeks, I saved up enough money to buy my own amplifier and continue on the journey that was almost ended. But I saved up enough to continue on my journey. And now I'm a street, street performer. Yeah, know? cool. And I mean, it, have to have a survival, you know, yeah. Is that I mean, because I see like these live uh, streams that you're doing as well now they're like i mean it says wrapping for foods is that kind of along the same because obviously everything that's going on you kind of pulls the plug on a lot of stuff that you want to do so yeah but is that I mean, along I the same line it's my job it is yeah. my job it's someone goes to work to to make money for food this is my job Entertainment yeah true is job. a lot of people might not not think rapping is a job or like i get messages all the time oh you should go get a job this is my true. job yeah you, <laughs> you know, still get that you know, providing entertainment for people who work all day, like it's the same thing. It's this is my work. This is your work. It's the same. You know, it is my job. So, yeah, it's, I'm, you know, I'm rapping for food, just like I've always been. You know, this pays my bills. This is what gives me a place to, to live. This is what puts food in my stomach, which also makes me super thankful. The fact that I can afford, you know, like this water was paid for by the fans. My cell phone bill is paid for by the fans. You know what I'm saying? Like this just shows you know, how, how, like every time I eat something, you know, smoke something, anything, it's because people support what I do. And this is just such a humbling experience. Yeah. You know, I'm living, I'm living because people support what I do literally li living because people support what I do. It's different than working for a company. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, yeah you got to put right. in your work and you, and they give you a paycheck or whatever, but like, like I, the reason like I'm literally eating foods and being able to feed my friends and go, go out and do things is because people are supporting my art. And it's just such a humbling thing, you know, to, to have, I don't know. No, no, no. I mean, I, I, I can see, I don't like, I don't like the fact that people are saying get a real job. It still bothers me when people are creating things. I know a lot of creative people and when they're being told stuff like that, I mean, I hope that, like the positive comments outweigh those sort of comments at least 100 100 yeah. but like my my neighbors next door rather hear the sound of a saw against steel you know what i mean over the base of a radio for some reason they assume the base of a radio is party and not working but the sound of a of a of a of a, of a saw cutting steel is 10 times louder than my base but they yeah. won't call the cops on that, but they will call the cops on the base. You know what I mean? So like people still have a, not a good understanding of 
how being creative or art or music is as a job, you know? Some they people, yeah. they, some, some people just haven't had those experiences though. They're, they're not raised you know, that like, way. Like it's no fault of anybody else's, you know yeah. what I mean? Like my kid came up to me and said, dad, I want to travel around Europe and be a street artist. I'd be like, oh my God, this is the most, this is the best thing I've ever heard. You know, but if most people's kids went up to them and said that the parent would be like, no, I take it away your phone. You know what I mean? Like, go to college. <laughs> Stop being inspired by these people. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's own personal experience with life. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's no no offense to anybody and it's not anybody's fault, really. It's just they haven't had the same experiences that I've had and they never cho- they didn't choose art as their direction, you know? Right. So you've settled in Berlin now. Well, I would say settled, you'd like the traveling still, but you know, your, your base is, is Berlin. How do you yeah. find the creative scene in, in Berlin? How, what does it give you? it's great man I, I feel like it's a bunch of people between the ages of 20 and 40 who are just really trying to do something with themselves you know and they're trying to be um creative and and uh this allows the chances and opportunities to work with a lot of people berlin is a big city and in any big city it'll either eat you up or it'll embrace you or it'll shit you out really yeah, you know, and I've seen it happen for both, and so it's really important that like in this city that everybody stays super motivated because the second you start to fall off, the city is going to eat you, and you're going to be gone. And so, with that being said, the people that I work with or the people that I get involved with are usually super motivated and super on point with what they're doing. So this allows me the chance to really work with people who are uh, on on the A game, you know. Yeah. So I yeah. love it. I love the city i didn't choose to stay here it, it really chose me you know what i mean like the opportunities that come and the people that i've met and things like this you know it's chose me you know gave, I mean? gave you what you needed essentially yeah yeah man like the second that stops happening here i moved to somewhere else where i'm fresh but it's never stopped you know yeah. all right so i mean with the change in pace i guess at the moment i mean i'm not 100 sure how it is in germany at the moment but how have you had to adapt with everything now i'm doing these live streams it's the only way I can adapt. And, you know, I started um, a project house where I, I have this big place where people can come and I teach them how to record music. Yeah, the clubhouse. I was going to ask about that as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I allow them a place to record music for free. I've always been an inspiration to people. I've always inspired people. People have always looked up to me for some reason and considered me uh, like a leader or a role model. You know, and it's... Um, so I started this place to allow that to happen. And because of that... Um, because I've been giving, 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 I've been receiving, receiving, receiving. And so this is how I'm surviving. Um, you know, people are donating on the live streams. People are, companies are sending me microphones, things that I could have never had before, you know, or pay, been able to pay for are coming into my possession because of me giving. So I've spent this Corona time really teaching and spreading my knowledge since I can't really go out there and make music and I don't want to be bored and just be stuck in my mind, you know, so this yeah. is my way. Yeah. You know, I know that my way. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, and it was like this for many months. I was just stuck in my mind and I was like, I'm going crazy, absolutely crazy. And um, I found that by teaching and giving and, and supporting others, which I thought I would never be able to do, especially during Corona time, like when I'm making no money, mm. like how can I even support people? 
uh, it's actually, I've actually now making like more, <laughs> you know what I mean? Than I, than I was before because people are supporting what I'm doing and they're, you know, they're, they're seeing that I'm helping people and things like this. That's gotta be a great, that's gotta be a great feeling though, man, that you've got, you know, you, the fact that, yeah, the, the fact that you're inspiring people that, you know, cause you say you, you're, you're a motivator as well, aren't you? You mentor people, you motivate them to do. Yeah, but I don't do it on purpose, man. I think I just got a heart or whatever, you know, and like, <laughs> You know, it's like, like, I'm not trying to do this. It's not my goal. You know what I mean? Like, no, I, no, no. I, I'm not the best person, you know, I'm not the best, best person to look up to, but um, for some reason I attract um, people that need help, you know, and if I can give it, I will, you know, and this is, uh, and then through my music also, it saves lives. It helps people. It, you know, this is just what I guess I am. I didn't choose this man. Like, I'm just doing what I do. And the universe is like putting this label on me, if that makes sense, which is not a bad one, but it's, no. it's, it's, it's choosing. This is why I feel like I'm in the right path that like, I'm almost like, you know, on the, on the way to enlightenment, <laughs> like, because I feel like I'm doing the right thing because I see that this is having an impact and people are, you know, it's crazy. I have one conversation with somebody or I help, you know, I let somebody stay at my house for a week or something. And then, you know, years later, they remember this and they're like, man, you changed my life and blah, blah, blah. And I like, don't even remember them. You know what I mean? And it's just like, so it's like the impact that I have on people is a lot more than what I know in my heart, you know? And I'm starting to see that. I realize this, that I, I actually do have this like impact. Yeah. Um, which has helped me really evaluate myself over the past, you know, year, especially with Corona. I really, you know, I've really thought more about the effect that I have on people and, how I need to take that more serious, you know what I mean? And how I need to understand that people will remember me a lot more than I probably would remember them. So it's extra important that I give a, uh, that I set a good example, you know, and that I do a, do a good job because these guys, they, they do remember, you know? Yeah. So, so, so with that in mind, cause obviously this is, t this is teaching you lessons regularly through the life that you're living. I mean, you're, you know, and that's all about, I mean, when you're creating art, it's all about, living lessons but how do you think that's impacted your sound over the years like do you think you've kind of tried to stick to the same sort of wavelength or do you think you've developed it in any how do you think you've developed it i mean when it comes to my sound well the last few albums were written from pain i was going through a bad situation in my life and i was you know i was i write through i was some of the most beautiful songs i seem to have made have been through some of the most hard times in my life, you know, and um, um, it's weird because my music is not, is not influenced by the fact that I influence. My music is really just made for, for me and by me, for me, you know what I mean? It's my therapy, it's my way of getting things off my chest. Um, and once again, even with street music, I'm just doing me. But for some reason, it attracts people, it motivates people, it inspires people. I don't choose this to happen. I'm not seeking this and mm -hmm. I'm not encouraging it. It just happens. It yeah. just happens. Because I, I mean, my sound doesn't change or like, yeah, like I don't, I don't cater to the fact that I know what this is doing. I just do me. Yeah. And it's, yeah, you know, I sometimes wish it didn't inspire <laughs> or so many people. <laughs> 
some of the messages I get, you know, so many times I've had people message me and be like, I didn't jump off this bridge because of your music. And I'm just like, that's a deep ass responsibility to put on my shoulders, homie. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I just saved your life from jumping off a bridge. Like, you know what I mean? Like, thanks, but no thanks. Like, I don't want that responsibility, but yeah. I'm no more. It's like, do you have to keep creating like this, these songs in order oh, to save lives? Do you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm sorry, guys. Y'all are fans of my music, but if y'all are still having the same problems y'all had since the last four years, it's time to reevaluate yourself. Yeah. 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 It's, 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 it's so strong. That is, a, that's a strong thing to put on someone, man. I mean, because you know I mean? the only reason I can say, I mean, I noticed that, you know, I was listening to like uh, Busk Life and then I was listening to Human versus Human. And then I was yeah. like, the mood definitely changes gradually to some yeah, man. on those. So, I mean, I had to ask just kind of like, but like there was pain. You could, you, you could tell there was pain in there. Definitely. hundred percent, man. I wrote some of those songs dangling my feet off the eight story building. You know what I mean? Like for real, you know, like just sitting there writing rhymes, man, like with my feet over the side, you know, just like, just feel like just a little push, Brian, just a little push, you know? I'm like, no, man, this, the music came from a place of hurt. But I, and this is the thing, people expect me to stay on this vibe, but I don't want to stay on this vibe, man. I don't want to feel the pain again to have to write like this. You, you know what to, I mean? You have to be progressive. You're trying, you know, you're trying, you're doing this, essentially these songs are for you, but they yeah. also give to others. So oh, this is the word. This is great. But like people are really into my personal life because I put it out there in my music and really I write for me. And it's crazy how many people feel the same way I feel. This is a beautiful thing that my music has been able to touch people like this. But also it's, it's, it's a curse because I don't want to stay on this vibe. I don't want to have to feel pain to write my next album. You know what I mean? I don't want to project these thoughts into the universe. You know, you got to think as a street performer, if I'm sitting there all day saying, I'm lonely, nobody loves me, I'm lonely, nobody loves me. Like, what the fuck is going to happen? You know, I'm yeah. going to be lonely and no one's going to love me. I'm like... You know, like, I don't want to, you know, like, I don't, I, I understand why rappers talk about having lots of money, having cars and girls and all this stuff. And then they get it, you know? Yeah. As yeah. I rap about the other things, I rap about not having this stuff. And literally, I don't have this stuff. But um, I need to figure out a way to kind of be that messenger for the people, but not actually have it affect my personal life. I need to figure out a way to, to give this message that I know my fan base wants and give the message of we're struggling, but it's okay. But I need to be able to give this without actually struggling. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a difficult it's a quandary to be in because I mean, you want at one side you want to be accessible to people, but on the other side you want to be you want to be your own person at the same time. How do you, I didn't I wouldn't know. I don't think anyone would know how to manage that. It's a it's a hard hard question to ask. Yeah, man, and it's a hard task to take on. Yeah. But I've definitely realized that I feel like I'm not meant to be famous and I'm not meant to, you know, play sold out arenas, but I do feel like I'm a messenger and okay. I do feel like I'm here to give a message. And I know that I've saved lives and I know that I've inspired people to become better people. And for me, this is so important, you know, so, yeah. So moving on, maybe the universe does me right. <laughs> you, you know, so thinking about fame and thinking about something that maybe uh, a song, specific song that drew a lot of attention to you. And it's a song I know you don't like that much, 
Um, but a lot of your fans love it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think about that song and I think about <coughs> how you as an artist, you, I guess, because of what happened with it, you know, I don't want to go into too much details, but I'm more thinking about the lines of how you have mixed emotions about something you created that gave so much to so much, but took so much away from you. Does that make sense? Yeah, man, it, it did. It, um, I wrote that, I mean, I wrote that song, not even in a state of pain. I wrote that song very quickly within like, I wrote that song in like 10 minutes, which is crazy when I was in Spain and I had the opportunity to go to a recording studio, but I had to come up with the song like really quickly because I was there and I had the opportunity. And so I just picked a beat online and I wrote to it. Where those lyrics came from, I have no idea. Once again, that was me being a messenger. That was the universe putting that shit inside of me and putting those lyrics out there. Like that wasn't me. That was like, I was possessed by the by something and under not knowing why, but under like now I know why, because a few years later that song went super viral and blah, blah, blah. But it was like, that wasn't me. That was something that was an outside, that was an outside entity coming inside of me to make me do this. This is what I'm saying, I'm a messenger. You know what I mean? Like it's like an outside force put those thoughts in my head or those lyrics in my head, which made that song happen really, because okay. I, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking, I wasn't depressed at this point in my life. I wasn't nothing, you know what I mean? I was really happy. Um, so I don't know, man, like it's very, it's back to that whole miracle thing, back to the whole <coughs> craziness thing. Like that, something something was speaking through me, I feel. So do you, do you feel those that those essentially weren't your words? No, because it, the song happened in, I mean, they were my words, but... The song happened so quickly. I put no thought into it. It just came out. You know what I mean? Okay. Like it was like, okay, Connor thought his dreams were not possible. Blah 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 blah. You know, and it's only like after I started like reading my own lyrics and like trying to understand my own song that I realized, whoa, like Brian, like you wrote some powerful ass shit right now. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it wasn't. That was not a purpose. That was not the the goal. Like. There was no goal. There was no storyline. Like, okay, I like the beat. This is what I want to write about. No, it's like, I just started writing and this is what came out. Yeah. And it was, it's done so much and affected so many people uh, that I truly feel, I didn't understand it at that moment, but, but, but it, there was a bigger purpose there, you know? Yeah. I love that beat as well, by the way. It's, the, it's a fucking sick beat, huh? Yeah, yeah. Beats are what draw me into stuff. Like, firstly, I, I'm drawn in by beat because of then, and then the vocals for me will always be almost like the last added instrument. Right, and if yeah. a beat can tell a story without vocals, then, then that's very impressive. And I'm wondering what the guys who made that beat phanogram, I wonder what their message was with that song. Because mm. when I listen to a beat, it tells a story in my head, which then makes me write lyrics. You know what I mean? In a sense, like I create like a movie in my brain and through that movie, I write. And that song had that impact to write those kind of lyrics. So yeah. I'm wondering if I was on the same vibe as phanogram, 
like I'm, I haven't spoken to him about it, but like it would be nice to to find out like what vibe they were thinking when they wrote it. You know what I mean, or what kind of message they were trying to portray? Because this is the interpretation I got from it. You know, obviously it's what I wrote. You know, but, yeah, 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 or maybe yeah, it's completely yeah. different. Maybe they're like they're on like a party vibe. You know what I mean? And they're like, yeah, <laughs> hit the bong, blah blah blah. This is not what I got, but who knows, man? Like it's yeah. interpretation, always open to interpretation. Correct. So, yeah. So so moving on from from that point, I want to talk about the clubhouse specifically and how it came to be why it came to be and i know you obviously the big part of it is that you want to help others create but why specifically why did you feel like you were the one that had to lead the charge on this well it was more of a selfish reason like i got kicked out of my old studio right at the beginning of corona times okay and i needed to find a place that was like cheaper in rent and i felt like if i could get a place and like rent out some of the rooms here and and then i could get a cheaper place and like, this was cool. But then at the same time, I was like, yo, but let's also have a place where people can come in and, 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 and become better artists and things like this. And so it was kind of like all together, you know what I mean? Like my, my vision. And then once again, in like a selfish way, I was like, well, no company is just going to send me stuff. But if I'm like helping people and working with people, they're going to be, they're going to back us more, you know what I mean? To help us more. And um, that's just kind of all how it came in, in into fruition. Like, you know, I ended up getting a bigger spot than I've ever had, but then I've rented out some of the rooms and, and now artists come up here all the time and um, use this place towards their advantage. And like I said, I'm doing better than I was before. And it just, it just kind of happened, man. Like I've always been a guy that goes with the way I think. And like, I've always been a guy that like, kind of like trusts, I trust my brain and I trust my heart. And when it tells me to do something or I start to have a vision about doing something, I do it. And I started having this vision of having this clubhouse and having a place where um, I can inspire and, and, and have people, um, even if I'm not here, just have a building that inspires. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, have, and, and, and be able to come back home and, and have people be like, yo, Brian, I, you know, learned this and then this, and I wrote this song and listen to this. What do you think about this? And, you know, like, because my whole life, people have come to me for help. You know what I mean? In a sense of like, they've just seeked that energy from me. And so having this place, like I knew that that was kind of like my calling anyways. But then once I got a place, like I've really seen it more and more, you know, like that. Um, I've had so many people come stay with me, you know, for a month at a time and, you know, make music. I've had people who have never gotten on a microphone before, pick up a microphone and make music and actually be good at it. Um, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. This clubhouse thing is a magical thing. Hmm. And, um, you know, my plan would be to like leave from it eventually, but have it still self-run and have it still, you know, have the magic here and have people, you know, continuing the, the, the concept of what I'm trying to provide here. Um, mainly like with Corona also, like I just thought people needed an outlet to go be creative. And without this, like without, you know, what, what, right now is the perfect time for people to try being creative and try to pick up a new hobby. And if they already are creative and they can't do it, this is the perfect time to not suppress them. You know what I mean? And like, let them come and be creative. And you know, it, it, know. It, feels, it feels like everywhere needs a clubhouse because I know, like you say, mentioned before, there's a lot of creative people I know that have just literally been on their own trying to do right. something, but they've been on their own. So they've not been able to collaborate with anyone else right. in order to make that experience 
any better than it already was. So it, it, I mean, it also, like it also comes down to the things that I want. Like I wanted the green screen room. I wanted the podcasting area. I wanted the recording studio. And I was like, well, how the hell am I going to get all this? You know? So I was like, okay, I get it. But then I let everybody use it because everybody wants this stuff too. And I was like, and if I can offset the cost for myself by having, you know, like once again, it's free, but by, by having the rooms or having people donate things, this, this, you know, this, this comes out of me wanting to use these things, but why would I keep this for myself? It's a 150 square meter building. Like, why would I keep this for myself? This is so selfish, you know, like open the doors for everybody, you know? Yeah. I want a clubhouse now. Every city needs something like this. Every city needs a place where someone can come. Just imagine like being a kid, like, and wanting to go explore podcasting and, and, Instead, and like you didn't want to buy the mic and you didn't want to buy the things needed to do that just to find out you hated it a week later. Yeah. But you could go someplace like this and try it out and then get encouragement. And, and I'm not even saying for younger people, I'm saying for people of all ages, you know what I mean? That like want to explore a passion or a hobby, but not want to invest in it right away or uh, have the means or money to even do that. You know what I mean? Like uh, this is a great opportunity for people to come and and try something, you know, and, and this is different than like a youth center. And this is different than like a community center because it's, we act differently here, you know, but yeah, um, it's still inspiring and it's still motivating, but you know, you all smoke a joint if you want. Yeah. So it's like, it's different, it's, you know, it's, like, a, it's a down to earth sort yeah, of youth man. center. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So if people want to support, this is, how, this, is how you, this is how you impact people. This is how you, the reason half of these, uh, and it is mostly younger people that come here for sure, but it's like the reason that they don't go to these other places is because the floors are so clean and they can't draw on the walls and they get asked to leave if they smell like cigarettes. And you know what I mean? Like things like this are like, oh, well, don't talk about this. You know, and like, especially in Germany, it's like, oh, you can't rap about this. You can't, you know, rap about this or this. But here it's like, you can do whatever you want pretty much. So it's like people attract more to this place. And at the end of the day, like you're not going to fix a broken person by bringing them to a place where they can't be themselves. They're not going to want to go to those places. Most, most youth centers and things like that, they, the kids that go to there get made fun of by the other people in the community. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're like, man, you're 19 years old, bro. Like, what are you doing going to this, you know, youth center down the street? You know what I mean? Like, and they, they get, they get slagged on by their mates for, for trying to be in a positive environment. And this is what I wanted to create, but not, like that, I wanted this to be a cool place where people wouldn't make fun of somebody for coming here, where in fact, everybody would want to come here. You know what I mean? And like, it's yeah. better. Like I've done a lot of work at youth centers, man. And it's, you understand, you've been there too, I'm sure. Like you understand it's just a different, it's like a school and I'm not trying to have no school here. You know what I mean? I fucking hate school. Well, well, the door's open to everyone. Like you say, you said it all, all through this, it, you know, it's, it's open to yeah. all, all ages, all walks of life. Yeah, man. we've had like 50 year olds come over here and, you know, go crazy you know what i mean and try and rap and just just because we had a guy from the local town who broke up with his wife and he wanted to write her a song and so he came over here and he learned how to write the song and he recorded it for her and everything like this you know what i mean and <laughs> gave it to her and unfortunately she didn't accept it but that's besides the point i was gonna say <laughs> you know I mean? was it was it a love song or a diss track I it was a love song it was a love song <laughs> There was his wife and they were going through time through hard times and somebody had told him about this place and but for him, he needed this. At least that night, he needed this place. You know what I mean? And um, so I'm saying, it was just really humble to see somebody who'd never, you know, done rap, who was an electrician by trade, come over here and try something different, you know? It's the fact that there's something about it. I don't know, it's something magical about it. 
and it creates sto- everyone's got a story wow. everyone that walks through that door has got a, an, a, an amazing story of where they come from like that's an amazing story the guy came in there because he had problems with his wife and then he just wanted to fix it it didn't work but he tried and it was an opportunity he wouldn't have been it able to do that her, but it fixed him for the night yeah and it, and it and anyone can do that it's the yeah, fact that that yeah, wasn't yeah. that wasn't there before. That facility wasn't there. Right, and that guy would have been sitting with his thoughts. He would have been sitting with his brain in his apartment or in his flat. You know what I mean? And this could have been detrimental to his to him. You know what I mean? Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. So how can people support yourself and the clubhouse? Well, they can support the clubhouse by going to the Patreon. I have a Patreon set up, and if you go to that, then you get your name on the wall here, and that's like a monthly donation between three euros and however much you want to give. And that really helps keep this place going. It helps um, allow the people who, who don't have the money to record here, come here and record and things like this. And then they can just support the live streams. They can support what we do because I, I put all my time and money into this place anyways. Um, or they can just send us stuff. You know, like I always tell people when they come up here to grab a roll of toilet paper from the, from the train. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> like, if y'all coming up here, I was like, bring, bring toilet paper. Because like, and if everybody just brought a little things every once in a while, it would really add up to a lot, you know? Yeah. And people do do this. Now, now people come up here, they bring us plates, they bring us towels, they bring us just whenever my friends come and chill, they always just bring a little something, you know, and it just, it builds this place up, you know, like I promise you, I did not buy this, you know what yeah. I mean? Like somebody yeah, yeah. brought this, yeah. you know, yeah. but it's awesome. I'm looking at, that's the next album cover. I know it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Things like this, man, that just kind of build it up and build it up. So support is definitely crucial, but it comes through the Patreon. It comes through uh, supporting what I'm doing on my live streams and everything like this. Yeah. Yeah. And that's great. I mean, it's a real community. Once again, like this is my income. So just downloading my music from iTunes. I mean, this helps so much, you know, Hmm. do you make, I mean, I I don't know how much an artist makes off of that, you know, when, with the streams and stuff, is that, do you get a lot out of like Spotify? No, but I mean, I'm surviving. Like maybe I make a a thousand euros a month, which is nothing. You know what I mean? But it's enough to pay my bills and like have some left over. I think I'm, you know, maybe along the same lines as most people, you know, just kind of barely making it, but I'm making it, you know, and um, it's not a lot, but um, I do what I can. And I, I give what I can. So yeah. this is, you know, and, and this is just the money. Like, like I said, like there's things I couldn't afford, like these mics, you know what I'm saying? But they get sent to me because of what I'm doing. So it's like, you know, at the end of the day, it pays off more than a thousand a month, you know, because you're starting to get things that you never have before. You know, somebody donated the Mac I'm talking to you on right now. Right. I'd never be able to find that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah, you, know, you start getting things like it's, it just all comes together. You know, it all comes together. That's awesome. Man. And and I'm super happy. And, the, you know, I'm super happy. I just want to get back out and street perform. Then my income will get better and things will get better. Yeah. yeah. So so what is next for you? What what I mean, how I mean, do you, do you have a timeline of when you're, you're going to be able to get back out there or? Hopefully in the next few weeks, I can get back out there. That's the plan now that the restrictions are kind of going away. Um, my plan is to really give it one really good last summer. And then at some point, maybe go back to the States. And do something like this back there. My parents are getting old and I do want to spend some time with them before they pass. And I just, I don't want to regret that, you know, 10 years from now type thing. So do this for a few more years and then kind of go back home and spend some time and see what I can do back there. Yeah. You know, I I should start something like this back there for the people of my country, you know? 
some people in my state, you know, and some, some. So back to Texas. I mean, I think you always go back to, to where you were born, you know, yeah. I think you go Rome and you go travel, but I think you always end up back where you kind of started, you know, and so. It's where your heart is. Yeah, essentially, that's my long term for now I'm, I'm ready to get back out on the streets and make some music and do a little bit more traveling before that's all over yeah you got any releases coming up or not i'm working right now on a new album but um it's a slow process for sure um mainly because i've taken on this project and also because um i still do write when i'm feeling down but i try my hardest not to feel down so like the one day a month when i'm in a really bad mood is when you're going to get a good song from me right <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> but i can't just write the sad music when I'm not sad. It takes, it takes it, you know. So if you guys want an album from me, piss me off and then you'll get an album. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Your comments so. are going to go crazy now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So fucking negative. And then yeah. lower get, my self get, esteem and then you'll get your fucking album. Like, yeah. Get a real yeah. job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we go. Now I'm writing a song. Yeah. <laughs> right, man. Well, I'm going to wrap it up there, but I really appreciate you taking the time. This this means a lot to me. So, yeah, I really appreciate no worries, you taking man. the time. I wish you the best with, with everything that you're doing. And I, um, you know, I, just like when I'm doing with myself, I hope uh, you I hope you can inspire people and I hope you inspire yourself. And I, um, yeah, you know, I, we're doing both what, we're, what we can during Corona times. And I'm happy to see that people are still um, doing what they want. You know what I mean? And this is important. Yeah. At the end of the day, even if you do work or have a nine to five, it's important that you can at least spend 20 minutes, 30 minutes, really just doing what you want. And that this is therapy for all of us, you know? So it's great. Like, that's good. Yeah. That's, well, that's a good way to end it, my friend. But um, yeah. thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I'll wrap it up there. Thanks. I'll get back on the South Park. You have a good night. Yeah. yeah? yeah. Okay. Cheers, man. Thanks for listening to this podcast. This episode was brought to you by our friends at Above and Clothing. If you like this episode and want more, then look for the Big House podcast on all major podcast providers, where there's a wealth of content at your fingertips. When you find the podcast, give it a subscribe and keep up to date on the latest episodes. If you're feeling frisky, give us a review. If you like the podcast so much, then check out the Big House on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube for all the latest Big House news.